marchers are up too high in the rafters. I got a frog team, new life and attractors. Just sipping that moonshine and I'm plastered. Right, so uh, got another episode. Welcome to the Moonlighters Club. Uh, for those of you who know who it is, welcome back. For those of you who don't, my name is Joel Edwards, and I interview entrepreneurs who work full time jobs. And we got another guest. Uh, what up, Kenya? How's it going? Hey, what's up? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing well. You know what? Let me let you introduce yourself the way you like to, because I talk to different people from different backgrounds, and I know when I have like artist on or anything entertainment based people have a way of like introducing themselves so how, you can go ahead and this is your time how would you like to introduce yourself i'm pretty laid back uh my name is kenya brown uh i am a musician at heart i produce i sing play the multiple instruments but my i work two uh two full-time jobs right now actually uh one's as a baker and another one is as a barista oh you bake yeah nice man i cook all the time i love cooking my IG's all like I'm grilling. I like to grill a lot, and I like to like bake and boil and shit like that. Yeah, I'm man. all about cooking. That's what's up. <laughs> nice. So, uh, Kenya, where are you from? Uh, originally, I'm from Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. What part? Uh, Hyde Park, actually. Nice. I'm from JP, so we're like neighbors, uh, uh, real close to each other. But Pretty right close by. Yeah. Area. yeah. So, um, where'd you go to high school at in Boston? Uh, Boston Latin Academy. Oh shit! You did? Yeah, man. Did we talk? I went. I went to BLA too. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we did talk about that. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I graduated a while back, man. I graduated in two thousand and one. Um, yeah, word. I I'm, I I hated that school, but I had so many good <laughs> memories about being there, though. <laughs> I still keep in touch with everyone I went to high school with too. It's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, so when not, you left, actually, I did the complete opposite. Really? Yeah. Did you like it? It was cool. Like. It, looking back on it now, I kind of wasted a lot of opportunities, but it was more like at the time, it was just, it is what it was. Did you do music at with Boston Academy at all? Yeah, all the years that I was there. Were you there with Mr. Van Lynn? Yeah, he, he, was there? There for, he was there for three of the years, then he quit. What? Yeah, Mr. Van Lynn was the, yeah. he was the dude back in like he was, 2000. He was the fucking dude, though. He was. I'm going to look him up, man. He uh, In 2000, he's actually the reason I got to meet Tito Puente. Because wow. he started uh, Boston, what do you call it? All City Jazz Band. He started it, and uh, he like brought a bunch of people together from different public schools in Boston, and we would practice at Boston Arts Academy. I think it was in Fenway. Yep, yep. Yeah, Sounds and just then uh, we, yeah, and then we got to meet Tito Puente at a master class, and we got to play with him. It was dope, man. I love that dude. I got to hit him up. Um, sorry, right. you were doing music the whole time, so I didn't know that. All right, so what were you playing when you were in uh, BLA? I shifted around. I started with trumpet, then I went to percussion, drums, and then I went to trombone. Nice. What was your favorite? Well, uh, throughout all of them, drums, and I taught myself how to play piano while I was there. See, I started with piano, quit. I hated it. It was. I wish I would have kept with piano though. Um, uh, piano, I think, is the most essential to music in any form. Mm-hmm. I did clarinet and sax, and then I just started like doing only sax after a while. Uh, I wish I could have did like one year of brass just to see what it's like. I always thought it was like super hard, 
and drums, man. Like whenever, like I grew up listening to hip hop, but when I got into rock music later on in life, mm-hmm. like I just was so fascinated by the ability to be a really good drummer and being able to uh, keep time with the bass drum and the snare. I always thought it was like the craziest thing ever. So if I could go back in time, I would do that because clarinetists really don't tour and like get mad money and women and shit like that unless it's 1923 i mean so, shit, man, a <laughs> lot there are there are a lot of placements for it you just gotta be you gotta basically know the right people to get you in the right place exactly so you went to bla when did you graduate did you go to college uh i went to college for like a semester and i just knew it wasn't right for me but i graduated in 2012 that's what's up man where'd you first go uh wentworth at what point were you like, fuck this? <laughs> no bullshit. Like near the end of the first semester, I was just like, this is not for me, man. I was just like, <laughs> I'm not going to do this well. It's just not going to work out. I'd rather do something yeah. else, honestly. What was that like telling your parents, like, I hate this? <laughs> I told them straight up. I was just, I was already feeling that. I was like, man, this is a lot of money. That's like, come one, I'm going to have to pay for it down the line. It just makes no sense. <laughs> I'm good on trying to waste all this money. So you told them that how they take it they they weren't really happy at first but after a while like they kind of like saw my reasoning behind it because it was at the end the end of the day saving them a lot of money and even so i was still i wasn't just sitting around doing nothing i was actually trying to make my own business and like be my be a musician full-on not just rapping oh really okay so they were like okay so so you left. Well, so then what was, what was the first thing you did? You didn't want to go back to school that first semester. You decided like, all right, I'm going to dip out. So I went pretty hard with what I was already working on, which was like um, lifeguarding. I got into like working for the city. I worked for Harvard as well, lifeguarding. And then, um, but after a while, I, like I got to a point where I saved up enough money. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start my own music business and just like try to take it off from my, for myself from there. Oh shit! All right. So I was like so, throwing, I was throwing events every so often. Um, I would get a lot of like local artists and then try to get artists that I knew from out out of the city as well. And it it was it wasn't like extremely successful, but it worked. It worked for a while. Nice. All right. So so you're like promoting. You're doing uh, like where would you hold most of your events at? Uh, a lot of the times it would be like small restaurants either I knew people at that would let me like have the space for a little bit. Or like the inner sanctum, or even my own house when I was living in Brighton. Okay, how'd you like that? It was, it was honestly, it was an interesting experience because I'm not really a people person, but that's what I already realized at the end of the day. But it was something where I could like, I could just cater a space and make it work. I just knew that if I was gonna keep on doing it, I would need somebody to be the face, so I could just be in the background making sure everything works. What if you could do the, what? What background work did you enjoy the most? Like, is it set designing? Prep? Like designing the entire space, making sure that all like everything was accounted for, and then making sure everybody was like good throughout the good throughout the night. It's kind of like floor management. Oh, okay, I can understand that, man. Like, it's for everything I've done. I like the social component of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I like networking. I like telling people about an idea I have, and then like passing out business cards and stuff. But it, there, there is a point when that becomes like work. When that become when it when that feels routine, it starts to feel fake after a while. Like yeah. done door door sales, and like when you're constantly like having to be on on, and you're smiling and going through the spiel or talking a certain way. After a while, you don't even know like it's real anymore. So I can totally understand that. Like I used to hate the behind the scenes things, but now. 
the older I get and the more I do them, the more I appreciate like just managing projects and putting stuff together and scheduling things. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. I I have a a newfound appreciation for it. So I can understand that. Um, And and when you were doing this, were you doing this pretty much by yourself? Did you have a team or at least a couple people? Mainly just by myself. And then like I would work with like somebody that either do the flyer art for me or somebody to do the DJing or something. Hmm. All right. So were you composing and performing while you were doing this as well? Yeah. Ah, all right. Was it, were you, is it conflicted? Like, were you conflicted while you were doing this? Like, let's say you put on an event and you have someone show up and people love them. Like, how often did you go back and forth? Like, man, I should just be hitting the stage by myself and doing it like this. Or nah, I should just keep planning these things. Like, was it that? Or did you find enough time to split where you felt fulfilled um, doing both? Mm-hmm. I think it was a little bit of a struggle with that. But I, at the end of the day, I was like, it was kind of more for putting other people on. So if I were to try to even perform at them, I would usually put myself dead last. Just so like, if anybody did want to stay and listen, they would. But if not, then it wouldn't be a big deal. But then I was all, I wasn't also like struggling to get shows in other places. So I wasn't really worried about it. Nah, so you were getting a lot of shows in Boston? Yeah, a nice. decent amount of shows. It wasn't like a ton, but it was pretty much a good amount for what I was trying to start. Nice, man. It's, uh, I, I talk a lot, uh, uh, you, Stefan, of course, you know, uh, survival for those who are listening. We've, uh, inf- interviewed him before, uh, just about getting rap shows in Boston and the stuff he's gone through, like Boston yeah. and Cambridge. So it's cool to hear that you were able to get your stuff off, man. That's pretty dope. So you're doing this, which is a hell of an accomplishment, especially in your twenties. What was the, did you, did you ever stop? You still doing that now or did you find a point where you're like, I'm done with all this? I kind of found a point where I was like, I think I'm trying to remember the time. It was probably in like 2017, maybe all the way into like the January 2018. I was just like, all right, I'm done. I really couldn't. What was it? I just didn't want to continue just mainly mainly because I was burnt out and it was kind of like messing around with my mind state. Uh, What is it? What? What was it? Is it like just lack of sleep? Was it like uh, just a lot of it? A lot of it was like, yeah, lack of sleep. Um, even like getting caught up with drug culture, even uh, messing around with a lot of people. Just like when you don't, when you're when you keep meeting people on a face level value, you start like not knowing what's real and what's not. Mm -hmm. And after a while, it kind of becomes too clicky. And that shit also, excuse me, that stuff also kind of messes with your mind state. Oh, no, state. you can swear. You can say shit all you okay, want to. Okay, word. Well, that type of shit really just messes with your mind state. And it, it's not really beneficial after a while. So it, that kind of also warps what your normal process of thinking is, at least for me. And it was just, uh, it wasn't a gradual. You were just like, done. Like, one day, like, I'm out. Here's a contingency plan. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like... I, w- I was going to continue doing it, but after a while, I was just like, it's not worth it. So you were done. Step back. And when you were done doing that, did you go back to school immediately? Or were you kind of just like, let me just like figure out on music alone? Not for me. Like going back to school is probably not going to happen for at least until I get myself completely situated. But I've already started thinking about just getting certifications or getting something in the, as in a trade. Because I'd rather not spend a, a, a large sum of money to go to school rather than if I can find a way to do it that's more affordable than I may. But otherwise, I don't think it's really worth it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, what what trades, what did you end up going to school for? 
so what I ended up trying to go to school for was graphic design. Okay. And or um, what's it called? Something to do with music, like audio engineering. And uh, where where'd you go to school when you graduated? The when, back in twenty twelve, you said right. I graduated. Uh, oh, Boston Latin Academy. Oh no, Latin Academy was twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. Did you go back to college and graduate? I'm sorry. No, I never did. You never did. Okay, cool. So you went to like kind of look into a trade, and then did that. Did when you got started with that, did that interest you a little more than the traditional college route? It did. It did interest me a lot more. Like doing. Um, I went try to be an electrician. But um, for me, I just kind of got distracted and just kept doing music instead. Music, man. It ruined your life, man. <laughs> hey, it really can. You, it really is great. It's always good to use it for what it is. But when you get yeah. caught up in like trying to do too much with it, this distracts you. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I like that, though, because it's like, man, like whether it's religion or not, I don't know, like karma or whatever out, energy that's out there. There's sometimes things is called you at specific times for a very specific reason and you just can't quit them. I'm not saying that it always works all the time, but at least you have it. Like, I feel like there are people who are always looking for that thing mm-hmm. and they don't even know what it is. They're just like, I just don't think I'm supposed to do this. I just don't know what the hell can I do? You know, so I think it's <laughs> at least you always had music your whole life. Exactly. You're just like, all right, I can do a trade to like work, whatever. But I always have this. So when you're kind of going through this trade thing, and music still calling you did you have it in your mind that you were going to only perform or were you gonna still try to like envelop this whole uh perform as well as like do different things on the side or was it clear that no i'm only making music that i was clear from that point that i'm only going to be making music or trying to go on tour oh okay cool so like right okay it it was kind of it was kind of interesting how Right after in January 2018, I stopped trying to like do everything, like for like putting on shows by myself and doing everything like that. I went on tour in May and in California. Nice. Well, how'd you even hook that up? Were you just like you were consistently working and someone just contacted you, like, yo, we got some shows? It was basically like that. Nice. How many cities? Say that one more time. How many cities did you do? Uh, I did, oh, I think it was nine or ten cities. What is that actually like? Like, I have friends who travel for, like, punk, rap, things they put on themselves. What's actual, like, going from city to city performing music like, like, for you? Like, what is that day-to-day? To me, it seems mad stressful, mad sleepless, and dirty. Like, I, like, <laughs> I always feel like any rapper who I'm just like, yeah, there's no way you're just like getting the rest and sh- nourishment that you need. I feel like you're always on the fucking like, go. Like, w- do you enjoy it? Honestly, if you, it, it all depends on what you're, what you set out to plan to do from the beginning and the type of people you're going with. So like the tour I went on, it was actually really enjoyable because it was brand. I never been to the West coast. I never been to California or any parts of that, that side. So when I went there, it was just like a brand new experience. And then we always stayed at the place where you can, you know, like shower, eat, do whatever you need to do, chill at least with time in between the shows. But it was like while we were on the road and stuff, it was always just keeping ourselves stimulated with looking at new music, practicing our songs and like basically having good conversations and trying to like bond with each other. Because when you actually are on the road with people, you can like get to know better. It makes that lifelong bond that you really like think about it afterwards with. What was it? What's, what's that crowd? What was that crowd reaction like when you were out there? 
doing yourself. It's actually pretty good, bro. On the West Coast, like we didn't have big crowds, but when we had like medium to small size crowds, the people were actually listening to the music and like actually giving it a chance, enjoying it. I don't like like that. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's not like basically because a lot of East Coast shows I've been at too. A lot of times people will just sit there and like look. Just because they're, I don't, I don't think they're like used to exper- experiencing a lot of music like that, or they they have a higher level of what they want to get up for. But on the West Coast, or even in the South, a lot of people will get up and dance. It's dope. Really, that's interesting. That's it. I, and I always, I always, I admire that. Like we just put on our first uh, Moonlighter Showcase in November. And uh, about 40-ish people came. It was like the first day it snowed in Boston, too. And it was decent. Like, it was cool. But you're like, okay, we're just going to have to grow this out, like, over time. And then eventually more people will come. What's that like as an artist where, let's say, and it was different for us because we're talking. We're talking about, like, moonlighting. So it's more of a, it's easier for people to just kind of sit and listen because they don't have to do too much. What's that like as an artist when, because there, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Like every, I always see the end product of like a artist who's big now or even kind of big. Like we all go to see him and they'll have a decent amount of people in the crowd. So it's easier to feed off of that. When you're first starting out or you have a show and maybe there is a decent amount of people there, but not like huge, huge. Is that what, what goes through your head? Are you just like, man, I don't care how many people are there. I'm going to rock my stuff. Have you ever got on a stage and you're just like, man, okay, there's 20 people here. That's kind of a letdown. Do you edit anything? Or can you just ignore that shit and just go into it no matter where you're at and who is there? Well, going on tour was one of the, was a great reason. Going on tour was something that really was good for me because I realized a lot of lessons from there. Where it's like, no matter how many people are outside or no matter how how many people can't show up to your actual performance, it's always 100% 100 better just to perform like there's 3,000 people there. And you just put on the best performance that you can because it's basically more for you. When you learn how to like control a show at that lower intimate level, you're able to do it with more, with a larger crowd of people a lot easier. And it shows as like improvement over time. So that practice is always going to help you rather than if you just go out there and be like, oh, man, there's not enough people. I'm just going to do like a half set or like I'm not going to really put my all into it. It's a waste of your time at the end of the day because you're wasting their time for, for the people who actually came out to support you. And you're wasting your own for even not doing the best you can. I like how you said master of the crowd. How long did it take you to get comfortable up there? Hmm. Over all the shows I've done, because I did a lot of shows, I realized, throughout this time, it's taken me, it probably took like about halfway through, I started getting like, stopped getting those like really jittery feelings of anxiety. Because yeah. no matter like, I mean, like some people really just don't get stage fright. But it's like I I could overcome it and just go out there and do it. But I would my body would still have the effects of stage fright. If you get okay, what I mean. what, what were those first shows like? <laughs> they were they were pretty like nerve wracking. <laughs> How do you uh, are you one of the people? You know what I never understood. I get it, but I don't get it. Like I've seen a ton of artists, mostly rappers. I'll say have to drink before shows, and I always thought that that would fuck you up. Like your, your, yeah, you know what I mean? Your speech isn't going to be the same. Even if you just had a beer, shit's going to be different, right? Like your time is up. So how do you, or you just like, screw it, man, I'm gonna go out here and do my thing. Yeah, I don't know. Just stay hydrated. Like you need to stay hydrated. Like I used to love smoking before shows. And then like while touring, I realized like it's not actually not the best thing to do. <laughs> it, it would, it would, cause it was, it's easy to, it's easy to take a drink at, at water on tour. 
just because people the bar gives it to you like they're like yo you can get a free drink get a free two depends on how cool you get with them and it's like if you're if you already already had a long day of driving you're just getting there finish setting up but man i want something to drink it's easy to get yourself off rhythm i mean if you know how to like hop back on stage and do whatever you need to do more power to you but like for me i I would just kept strict after a while i was like just water just like something light before i I go on stage once i do that then i can let loose but after that but before that you just need to be able to to prepare and get yourself ready can you did you ever have any any uh performances where you walked out and you were just like what the fuck is this i'm not feeling this <laughs> like, like you're just like <laughs> no <laughs> yeah i've had some like i've had some in boston i think i had one when i when i went to a uh, new york one time by myself and yeah that was pretty much it so far you went it, it was it just like you walked out did it, were people at least paying attention that is what would get me. It's not even like bad feedback. I would my number one fear for doing anything in front of a crowd is that no one's gonna listen while I'm talking, and that that is just like shit. I don't even know what to do. Throw something, cry up here. Like that is my number one fear. Honestly, that that's something to where you. I used to I used to get mad. I used to and I used to be like, "Yo, somebody's up here performing for you." I used to like talk to the crowd and like berate them. But it, <laughs> that can go that can go either way because sometimes it works and people are actually like, "Yo, all right, yeah." Some the people who are paying attention actually like help you out but at the same time you you i usually started taking that as like i gotta actually do something to make them pay attention yeah that's basically what it teaches you at that point it's like you're they're not paying attention because they're already so engrossed by what they're already doing you're the one that's got to captivate them and make them realize that this night isn't just about them it's about the whatever's happening around them at the moment and we just gotta make them realize like yo i'm here right now look at look at the stage and listen i respect that so all right. One thing I thought was interesting that you you played multiple instruments, right? You sang, you produce a little bit well. Do you primarily rap? Because for people who don't know, um, I saw you perform at Survival's Summerfest event last summer, and you were rapping there. Does it is it primarily rap that you do now? Um, it, it's actually changing. So I have started with, with started with making a uh, music by primarily rapping. It was mm-hmm. the easiest way for me to get out basically everything I was thinking, but. As I've like become more comfortable and started writing more music, singing has been something that's coming into its own uh, its own thing. And I've I've been spe- I've been spending a lot of time finding my voice, but now as um as I've been progressing, it's instead of going higher, I realize it's more going lower. Okay, hi, I see that. All right, nice. So, do you? Do you have a lot of, as far as the content that you put out, are you mixtape heavy? Are you more into making LPs? Uh, are you more into performances? Like, what is your uh, desire mode of getting the music out? My, my, I mean, like, so far, my preferred way of making music is just um, putting it out as EPs and then from time to time doing an album. But I haven't really found a necessity to do a full album other than, like, my first one I dropped. Just because it's like, I haven't found that following yet. But I feel like once I make that, the music that I'm making currently is a lot more worthy of making a full album. Nice. Okay, so now back to like, you got a lot happening. You've always had music. And now as on top of music, you're baking. And what what else are you doing? Um. Well, specifically, it's being, um, I'm serving tea or being a tea rista. That's what they call it. Teresa, nice. We're at 
uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. When did you move to Atlanta? Uh, well, I left Boston in September, and then I I went to Puerto Rico for like a couple months, and then what? October, I think I went into late October. I went into um, Atlanta. Okay, all right. So you're working in Atlanta. When it came to finding work, do you just prefer things like food related? As far as like things, the nine to five specifically, no, but um, it's, it was a good opportunity to meet new um, other entrepreneurs and people who do things for themselves as well. Really? Yeah, because oh. it's owned by they're both owned by um, uh, two black women. And so and a lot of the workers there run their own like clothing companies or their own photo photo businesses, things of that nature. That makes yeah, that, that, that's the stuff because I know I know of Atlanta as it's as a hub for like very specific things, right? Like yep. acting, music. So it looks like you're also getting other things as well. Like that's what's up. Like uh, yeah, there's a huge, there's a huge community down here of like just like food. Uh, uh, so far, I've only really know about a lot about the food, but from what I've seen and what people are telling me, there's a large like art community as well, a large music community as well. It, it's really going on. That's what's up. What did you move down there because uh, with music in mind? Uh, I moved actually moved, I moved down here for like separation in mind, just to like get myself into a space where I can really like find myself and re- recreate myself. I respect that, man. That's dope. That's a uh, first of all, a lot of people should look into that because I feel like when you're very comfortable, like you can let's say you're really good at rapping, you're killing it in Boston. I feel like there's a lot of people who are, even if you're lucky enough to become like, let's say the best in your city or just known in your city, they're going to just be like, fuck it, I'm going to stay right here. And no matter what you do, you're never going to think outside of that comfort zone because you've created a really good one. And then the second you move and go to a new place and start meeting new people, everything changes. Like your view on the world changes, your view on your impact changes. Uh, like you can grow in a different way than you can. So, so yeah, I, I think that's pretty cool that you did that. So is it, do you feel so far, I know you haven't been there for too long, but being in that city specifically at, other than Boston, is it more conducive to just like music, music growth, uh, networking, or is it just different? Honestly, I haven't, I haven't seen it for itself of being like better than Boston, but but from personally for me, it's just different and it's somewhere it's new for me to try and actually just start meeting new people as well. Yeah. And so far, it has been a lot easier and more positive from the larger amount of black people that reside down here. Yeah. Atlanta, to me, is hit or miss, man. Like, I know there's dope-ass food down there, and it's warmer. It's just, I hate driving. I like it at times. I just, it's just, you got to do it, man. Like, the- Yeah, I've, I've, I've already gotten used to just that long drive it takes sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. You got two jobs. You're doing this as well. When you're not at work at either job, how do you prioritize your time around music? Uh, I, I do a lot of studying. So I, I'm doing a lot of vocal studying right now. Also, um, some music theory, just so I can start learning how to uh, implement the new instruments that I'm actually learning and really like start producing songs of a better caliber. And I'm also, what's it called, just practicing a lot and writing a lot of songs Okay, so this that's interesting. I feel like the majority of the people that I talk to, um, not that I've specifically interviewed on this, but just talk to, 
it's always like, nah, man, I got to write these bars and fucking spit them. <laughs> like, 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 I just got to get out there and do this. But I feel like a lot can be learned. And maybe that comes from your, you know, instrumentation, uh, the background. Uh, if you just learn theory and you just learn, like, how to put songs together, like, we haven't gone that far from, like, a Mozart. Like, a lot of that, like, as far as, like, chords and, like, what people like and what makes people, what, what makes your ears perk up. A lot of that stuff could be tied to the stuff that we learned, like, when we were, like, 12 in music it's super duper interesting so do now that you're doing that do you have are you a big planner when it comes to your career musically like do you kind of have milestones that you've already set out for years to come or months to come for what you when you're done like researching and studying what you want to have accomplished or done by a specific time uh, moving forward to what i'm doing actually now with a lot more of acoustic sound I actually have set up like a manifesto for myself as to like, what am I trying to achieve? What are my goals and how I'm trying to move forward musically? So it, it has been helpful trying to like basically look forward into what I'm trying to, to accomplish rather than just being like, Oh, I, I got to get to this show. I got to get to this person. It's, it makes a, the value system a lot, be, a lot deeper. So once you're, you think your next big thing is mm, an album, most likely an album and doing a lot of doing a lot of visual work is something I've always tried to accomplish with my music, but um, I've always rushed myself to instead of giving myself the time to accomplish all these things. When you say visual work, could you expand on that? Visual work meaning um, like I, I a lot of the times I write vi video treatments or what that's what they call them nowadays, but scripts of the events that will happen visually throughout the video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, like doing a little bit of color editing as well. Okay. Now, while you're putting all this together, um, do what's your time like? Like, how do you allocate? Like, how much do you get to devote the time you need? I feel like two jobs is a lot. Um, do you feel you get the time you need to 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 work on that passion? Yeah, it really is just finding the time in between, like when I when I'm at one job and when I'm at the, the other. It's just once you get off one or once you get off late late night, I realize that's the time where you already been running off adrenaline. Keep that thing, keep the energy going to complete something. Give yourself enough time to get rest, obviously. But like you in that time when you get home at like nine thirty, ten o'clock and you have until like one AM really to, to give yourself that time gap, you work you work on your passion at that time and then you go to sleep. Because then you have a deeper, more fulfilled sleep at that point. I feel that. Are you? Do you get this? Do you get good sleep nowadays? Yeah, I, I do. I give my I give myself the time to get good sleep. Good. I yeah. There. I read an article about. I I forget who wrote it, but it was the myth of like. Uh, and taking naps is real. Like, don't take them for too long, but like, actually giving yourself like an hour, hour thirty to get, take a good nap. It's good. Oh, I nap all the time. There's a study. You're actually not supposed to nap. I don't know who wrote this. I read this in GQ years ago, but you're not supposed to like nap after four. And there's a science to it based on like circadian rhythms. Like you can only nap. I think the max time is like, I don't know if it was an hour. It was somewhere around there or less. And they were like, you got to do it at the right time to like fully refresh yourself. But it's like super necessary. Like there's a myth that entrepreneurs don't sleep. That's actually like mad unhealthy. Like you got to sleep. Like yeah. if you don't get rim, you lose it all. Like you lose your mind. It's crazy. You lose your mind if you don't sleep, bro. I, I, I used to like stay up for days at a time, and it's like it's not good. Yeah, like uh, I remember this dude, uh, this guy. Uh, he owned a business where I bought the GPS store I used to manage, and we were talking. He was like, "Yo, if you don't sleep for like, if you don't get a good sleep for like five days straight, it's like equivalent to being drunk." 
once you get to that sixth day. And he's like, you're just not, and there's no way to catch up. Like you're consistently just going to be busted as shit until you just start sleeping better on a regular basis. So it sounds like you have everything, everything in order. Um, do you like working no matter what the job is? Like, do you, how do you, how is that? How is it spending time like working in uh, an employment structure and from an employment perspective for you? The perspective I have on employment for now is more is more or less <clears throat> save money to gain resources. And once you're at the point where you have enough resources to make the correct movements forward, then it's not really necessary. Because I've worked I've worked a large array of different jobs from just service industry to uh, what's I don't really understand I don't really know what to call the lifeguard industry or even like giving out luxuries to people, uh, food industry as well. It, it really just depends on whatever you're willing to give yourself. And I've always looked past trying to just work in like that service-based industry because I realized like even doing creative work, even selling songs for like use in, use in um, movies or um, videos, things of that nature. That's something that is basically a creative industry, industry within itself. And people call that entrepreneurship, but it really is just selling your creative ideas and yeah. making them happen in, in your own way. So when you were going through your 20s, did the whole like graduate, get a job, wear a suit, did it, you don't even have to wear a suit, but you know what I mean? Like the whole idea of corporate like advancement, did that ever appeal to you? Never. It really never did. Yeah. Wow. Never. No. Because like I already, already by that point in time when I was like 18, I'm like, I just, that doesn't seem like it's for me. And it never really seemed like the answer to where I was trying to go. Cause I was always focused on like doing a lot of like at the end of the day, gaining land and then gaining, um, learning how to grow food and other resources and basically live off the land for yourselves. Really? Yeah. So that's very interesting. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. That's, it's essential actually. It's very essential. Um, but yeah, I think that's, do you have a lot of friends who are corporate? Uh, I've, I've, I had a good amount of friends that were like a lot of them were more like about basically getting a good job or getting like into a good business point, economic point. They were always talking basically about business and economics, mm -hmm. but they were doing whatever they were doing. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing what I love or enjoying. Do any of them ever see happy? Yeah. I like, I was at the end of the day, do whatever makes you happy. That's I think that's interesting. Like I don't, I was always scared that if I didn't follow the traditional uh, realm of success like if that i would if i didn't go to school and like do this then go back to school and get a master's i was always nervous that i'd look like man i should do that but there's not one person i know who did that who i'm like man that guy's life is awesome it's like i don't want that shit <laughs> like it's there's not one person i'm like oh if i could only work at jp morgan i'd be set like i i just never really felt that one dude i went to high school with co-founded airbnb but I couldn't do that shit anyway if I wanted to. So it's like, like other than that, I'm so much happier. Like, and I haven't even like grown anything super crazy, but I'm fulfilled not doing that shit. Like, like I'm fulfilled not like having to strategize how I talk to people and like what job I take strategically, what role I take, what industry I'm in, so I can use that to just grow. Like, I understand like it works for people, but I just can't get excited off of it. 
Like I'm just way more excited at like thinking outside the box, whether it works or not. I don't know. So that's cool that you realize that early. And uh, I think it's interesting because a lot of the people that we've had, it seems to be like a later experience. Like I'm mid thirties and a lot of my friends who are mid thirties are now kind of going through that the second renaissance now. Like mm-hmm. I've worked here and I realize I hate it. Um, oh, I wish I could have done it earlier. I wish I could have done it earlier. And it's like, regardless of when you figure it out, you figured it out. Um, so I think that's super cool. So is music the only thing you could see yourself doing independently? That's what I've taken a step back to really look at. And I don't believe so because I've done even like when it became legal in Boston to like um, manufacture and give gifts as ma- uh, ma- for marijuana. Mm-hmm. I, that was something that I was pretty good at for myself, basically just making a business out of anything that I can find value in. And that's what I've taken a step back from to really look at my skill set and what i can actually apply it to okay so yeah i can see that uh yeah i've i'm scared to jump like i'm very interested in that whole scene but i feel like the second i would do something like that i'd go to jail for like 40 years do some loophole but i really do think that's like that's such the future like we're gonna see people making we're already seeing people make a ton of money off of it but as that starts to roll over from state to state to state it's about to be insane like someone's got to get in there while they can get in there. Cause that's about to be insane. So it sounds like you're focused on music. Like how long do you see yourself working? Like, do you have a thought in your head of how long you'll have to work until let's just say if all goes well and you get a following based off the next thing you do, how long do you think you'd give yourself before you say, you know what, I can step away and just do this full time again. Um, I would say honestly, probably like another two years of where I'm working at right now. These two jobs that I'm working at, I can definitely save up a good amount of income and also put away put put aside the right amount of money to start the correct business model to mm-hmm. actually pay myself in the right way and put my put my music in the right places. And also in in that period of time, I know I'm gonna going to figure out what I'm actually looking to do beyond the music because it, it's so far it's been something that i realized that you can get obsessed with it if you just yeah. do it in a certain way and it also is very re- calm and relaxing and releasing if you do it another way and so the way that i'm going to continue doing it acoustically and more like just organically that's going to allow me to give myself space to uh, apply t- that time to what i'm actually trying to accomplish in life all right cool what's your uh if what would you measure as success in music? If you could be, if if things can go great for you, where'd you? At what point would you be like, okay, this is what I want to be doing as far as music concerned? Is music is concerned? Is it touring all the time to big sold out crowds? Is it being signed to some a major label? Is it streaming tons of albums? Like, what, at what point? And musically, because you'd be like, this is what I want. I'm comfortable with this. I'm successful with this. This is good. Like, honestly, a, a successful year for me right now, what it would look like would be selling at a minimum of 100, al- 100 albums on something digitally or physically. Um, something that's like 10 bucks. Uh, for streaming, like getting a thousand plays on the music, at least us all on the music that I'm going to release. At least making a small eight city tour. That's a, and selling like uh, at least half of the merchandise that I would create. 
that would be a successful year in music. That's mad doable. That's so doable. I can easily see you doing that. Exactly. That's what's up. I, I, like that, 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 and I think that's something I had to learn. Like the goals I set for myself early going was like, yeah, I'm about to have an app. Year one, 50 million downloads. Year two, <laughs> just like, <laughs> right, like, like <laughs> it's like, all right, make it measurable. And they it, like when it's measurable like that, those are those are good numbers. Once you actually learn numbers, you're like, shit, some for 10 bucks. If I can sell 100 of those, that's dope. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that right now. Exactly. It's something to start with, really. All right, work, man. Well, I definitely, I, I definitely hope you get there, man. When, whenever you uh, get a chance to come back up to Boston, man, we definitely got to try to connect uh, to get some of your content out there. So, with that thought in mind, for those who are interested in hearing more about your content, where can they find you and how can they support you? So, if anybody's interested in finding my content, you can uh, look me up on The Last Gecko. Just the it's always that moniker, T-H-E-L-A-S-T-G-E-K-K-O. Um, thelastgecko.com, Instagram.com slash thelastgecko, Facebook.com slash thelastgecko, Twitter, so on and so forth. Um, I also have a Patreon. If It also has a couple of reward tiers. So any of the upcoming shows that I have, you can get free tickets. You can get, also get merchandise as well. And you can get info or in access to music that I'm making as I'm currently doing it. And also like early songs for release. So if you just look me up on Patreon uh, as The Last Gecko, you can get me there as well. And yeah. Nice, yeah, man. You can also hit me up on email, all of that. What's your, where'd you get The Last Gecko from? That moniker was just basically kind of just something like a creative shield. Like I really like the the animals geckos and also kind of like interest was interested in the way that they could like stick to anything and blend in the way that they want and basically find their own niche. So that, that was something that I used at first, but like moving forward, most likely I'm just going to use my real name. Ah, that was deeper than I thought it would be. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what's up, man. Well, regardless, we'll, we'll, I'll make sure to connect, follow you and support you in any way I can. Uh, and I appreciate uh, that, man. I give you none of my best wishes down there in Atlanta. If there's any way we can help, I can help. Let me know. I want to make sure your stuff gets out there, man. You're you're a cool dude, and uh, it sounds like you got it all planned out. We just got to help you get to that point. And you're BLA, like we're dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs> all right man well can you i appreciate this man i appreciate learning more about you um well definitely as stuff comes up please let me know so i can forward that to the masses and uh, i will man i appreciate you taking your time taking the time out to interview me appreciate you having me of course man root for you 2019 is gonna be a big year for everyone man let's just let's just hit the ground running on this thing let's make sure it happens all right man well i i enjoyed everyone else who who enjoyed it we're the moonlighters club find us on itunes google play uh anything of that nature and uh you can also find us on uh moonlightersclub.com our website as well as uh i finally got a youtube page up because we're going to start putting footage up of our uh showcase event that we had back in november as well as other videos too so again thank you all for joining us kenya thank you for sharing and we'll get up with you guys next time all right y'all 